Hi everyone, this is Laura Huey and you're joining me for the I Hate Podcast podcast. Brought to you courtesy of hashtag CrimCom. I feel like I should do some type of an advertisement like CrimCom makes your teeth whiter. Uh, I'm a little jazzed up because I'm over caffeinated, which is always a good place for me to be. And I'm also a little happy because I'm talking about one of my favorite uh, social media platforms. And when I say favorite, that there's some sarcasm attached to that. I am talking about Twitter. If you are not on Twitter, you will be one of probably very few criminologists on the planet. I think everybody seems like they're on Twitter these days. Why? Well, it's free. It's easy to access. Uh, there's tons of networks opportunities for, for you, whether it's uh, with policymakers or community stakeholder groups, practitioners, or and of course, other academics. The ASC is on there, the ACJS is on there, and a whole bunch of other acronyms as well. And plus tons and tons of smaller networks and organizations. So from that perspective, it can be very useful. Now that said, I'm going to give you some tips and tricks about how to maximize your Twitter presence and minimize your pain, suffering, and agony. Because as with any social media platform, there's some good and then there's also a lot of bad. But I'll walk you through some of that. Let's get started. So when I first did the Twitter, as my husband calls it, it was probably about four and a half years ago. A practitioner said, oh, I went to follow you on Twitter and you're not there. And this at the time I was running a research network called CanSeb. So very quickly, I got a CanSeb Twitter account. And I'm gonna tell you, I think over and above any other activity, whether it was conferences or workshops and so on, I believe that most of the traffic that we generate in terms of growing our research network among practitioners came from Twitter. It certainly didn't come from Facebook where, yeah, that was a mess. So Twitter was very helpful for fairly quickly growing our research network to about 1,300 members. Thank you, Twitter, for that. Some of the downsides, first of all, especially if you're running a Twitter account for another organization, not your personal Twitter account, yes, it's great to have a little bit of personality. However, you cannot have too much personality. So if you're like me and you have a foul temper and you don't like suffer fools well, Twitter has some downsides, especially, like I said, if you're repping an organization or research network. You can't just call trolls on their beep. You have to, you know, take steps to appear reasonable and so on, which is not my strong suit. I'm not going to lie. That is why two of your best friends or three of your best friends are block, mute, and mute this conversation. Use them and use them well. If you are being trolled, whether, like I said, for uh, Research Network or your own personal account, don't, don't bother engaging. And I know I'm a total hypocrite because I have, like, I've definitely engaged in my time. But now I'm a little bit quicker to hit the block button and just end it. Because, you know, when you're being trolled, there's not much you can do. It just, it just feeds the troll, right? So that's one issue. Um, another issue is I find Twitter in a bit, I mean, very easy to use, fairly intuitive. Some of the problems have to do with the icons for your profile picture and then, of course, your banner. So there is fortunately free software that can help you in terms of, um, you know, resizing images so that they fit Twitter. 
I spent, I don't know how long, trying to figure out how to get a bloody banner up that didn't crop it or do some weird stuff. So go and do a little bit of Googling, download some software that will uh, resize your images specifically for Twitter or for other social media platforms. Here's something else that um, I, a piece of advice that I received was don't just have a research network. If you're running a research network, running an organization, also have your own personal account. It's great because it allows you to say things that you might not necessarily say if you're repping it something else, like a, another group. It also allows you to build up your own interpersonal connections through different networks online and promote your own research, which of course is the whole point of this podcast, helping you promote your research. I find that uh, I, I get a really good ton of traction when I put something out. And honestly, I don't, I don't post too often about my research, but when I do, I typically wait until it's available online and there's 50 free copies online and then I put it out and then I get tons of um, positive uh, engagement in terms of people downloading it, reading it, commenting it on it and so on. And because I have a blog, uh, you know, I love to promote my blog through my Twitter account. It's worked really fantastically and driven quite a bit of traffic to my website. So. I find it super handy to have my own personal account. Now, some of the things that, you know, your mileage may vary on this. I went and got a professional headshot done for my personal Twitter account um, because I, I just like, like a picture of me from 10 years ago when I, you know, had better hair and fewer wrinkles and whatever. And I was just like, oh, and then, but really it was a holiday picture. So I'm wearing some ridiculous outfit. Like I just thought, bugger it. I'm going to go and get a professional headshot. So I paid about $75 and I just did a blank white screen in the back. Your, again, your mileage may vary. The uh, Tyra Banks smizing thing doesn't work for me. So, you know, going and they had me out on a balcony with the wind blow. I was like not happening. So, it is it might be for you worth the $75 especially if you're thinking about doing uh, professional newsletters uh, you're thinking about doing your own blog you're thinking about other ways in which you might promote or like um, posters where they ask you for a headshot so I, I think it's worthwhile to, to spend the money and get something that you're actually happy with and you can use over and over again although quite frankly I'm due for another headshot to say all right um, and then of course I also pay quite a bit of attention because uh, I'm neurotic like that to my background. I personally, for my personal one, like to use visually interesting things. People that might not, you know, when they take a look, I want them to see something that's like appealing because it's marketing. So my particular banner page or banner thingy is currently a shot of the Qatari skyline at night but I've also used gardens, I've also used beaches, anything that's visually fun and interesting. And then of course, there's the whole thing about, you know, your description. I think it's helpful to have uh, a description that reflects who you are professionally, as well as a little bit about your personality. Now that said, I suck at that, and I just have a professional description. Um, you know, like I said, your mileage may vary. 
Here's another tip and trick. I bought, I, I've talked about this before with Instagram. I poo-pooed the whole hashtag thing, which is hilarious because we named this hashtag CrimCom. Why? Because I discovered the uh, many, many beneficial uses of the hashtag. People really do search for things based on your use of hashtagging. I didn't believe it, but then I started, this is a terrible confession, but I watch, a, I watch terrible, terrible reality television shows and I part of my fun is to see what people are posting about the show as I'm actually watching it. It's kind of like a communal watching of, uh, of a horrible uh, train wreck that we can all bond over. So I started using the hashtags just to find things. And then I realized, duh, why don't I actually start doing a better job of hashtagging things? This is not, this is still a work in progress for me, but I'm hoping that you guys will be much smarter about using them than I have been. Last sort of thing I wanna say about the Twitter, uh, on the positive side, use it as an opportunity as well to yes, show your work, but also I think it's fun to show some little personality, a little pizzazz. People really love to see your pictures of your cats and your dogs and your ferrets and your weasels and your goats and so on. And it humanizes you, especially if your um, outreach is directed at community groups or practitioner groups. It just makes you a little bit more accessible. We, it's not Dr. So-and-so, you know, PhD, blah, 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 which actually intimidates a lot of people. Um, so if you're gonna have all that stuff, like, like I, and I do, I'm not gonna lie, I have all those, you know, num um, numbers, all those, <laughs> I can't tell the difference between a number and an alphabet. Um, I have all those letters, sure. But I also like my dog and I also talk about goofy things I did or post pictures of my garden and so on. Just to, you know, show that there's another side of me that people might be able to relate to. One of the issues um, that comes up is this question about, and I said it, the issue around the title. A lot of people are, oh, you're, it's elitist that you have this title and so on and so forth. Well, especially for uh, people who are typically underrepresented in academia or who tend to draw uh, a lot of uh, disrespect or uh, are marginalized, um, their voices are not typically heard or privileged in the same way as perhaps other people. I think it's really important to, to have your title. You earned it, you should be able to put it out there and you should draw respect for that. And if people don't like it, they can suck it. That's my opinion. Generally speaking, um, you know, people that tend to feel that way, I get it, you know, there's, I don't want to get into the whole big thing of this, but the bottom line is you earned your title, use your title, use your associations, your affiliations, put your credentials up, and then put up a picture of your pet goat. You're a goat lover too. Oh, that did not come out right. You know I'm where I'm going with this. You're a goat I can't, I don't even want to say goat owner. Okay, let's move on from the goats. Now, I've talked about some of the negative stuff. Let's really get into this before I wrap everything up. Let's be honest, Twitter is a slightly, maybe slightly better version of Facebook, <sighs> debatably. Um, here's my rule of thumb. Anybody with a name with 14 numbers after it, I, I basically ignore. So I ignore those people. I ignore 
the Saudi prince something something who's just started following me and a whole bunch of other female uh, academics for no apparent reason. Uh, I ignore people that I ignore the haters and 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 the crazies and they will come. You know that they will come. So you're not actually getting paid to engage with nonsense. Yes, you can have a respectful discussion with somebody from a different point of view, but when it goes into uh, anything that uh, doesn't feel comfortable for you, your old friend block and your old friend mute work very well. Use them. And, you know, uh, you know, so there's this false sort of like, oh, you know, only wuss, wussy type people block. I don't care about that. I am here to make my life better and everybody else's life better by sharing my research. I'm just, I'm kidding about that. But I am here to promote my work. I'm not here to be a, a target for crazy comments that are personally uh, nasty, harassing, and so on. And, and neither are you. Don't, don't tolerate it. Uh, what else do I want to say before I wrap everything up? I think I pretty much covered most of it. I'm sure that there'll be 15 things I forgot uh, as soon as I shut this thing down. But oh well, there you go. Catch you on the flip side. Thanks.